Welcome to Castle of Spirits podcast episode number two. I am your ghost keeper, Jane. And I'm the ghost keeper also. My name is Vince. So are we both ghost keepers or am I the ghost keeper and you're the ghost keeper also? I'm the ghost keeper's husband. Ah. How have you been this week, Vince? I've been uh I've been pretty good. Mm-hmm. I've been on the website castleofspirits.com mm-hmm. and I have been reading some scary true ghost stories. Mm-hmm. Of now, how many did you say that we have on the website? I Ruff, don't, roughly. Yeah, I don't know the exact number, but it's right around give or take 10 or 15 stories. Uh, we have about 4,600 stories. Wow. So the initial estimates of 4,500 were a little bit low, but that's great. That's, that's awesome. And I, I, I'm just, am, I'm kind of losing myself in these stories and I'm, I'm, I'm freaking myself out, Jane, I must admit. Well, you're freaking yourself out. I've been working on, you know, as of right now, by the time you guys listen to this, the website is up and running and we probably have more than 4,600 stories because we've accepted submissions again. But as of the time that we're recording this, I'm still working on building the website. So I'm like deep inside the guts of the castle, in the bowels of the castle, as it were daily. And Vince, I'm having nightmares. I had nightmares last night. Nightmares of ghosts and castles or nightmares of what exactly are you having nightmares of? Well, I had a nightmare about a really creepy woman looking in windows late at night. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, I can I say something? I understand from my very rudimentary grasp of dream analysis Mm -hmm. of dream interpretation is that when you see somebody in a, in a, in a dream, it's supposed to represent you or at least a part of you. That's all I got. Okay. That's as heavy as it gets for me. But I mean, I was also in the dream and I was looking out the window, watching her look in the windows and I was freaked out by her. But anyway, so I had that nightmare. And then I had a nightmare about some weird demon guy. And so, yeah. um, I thought, seriously, I thought you were going to say that you were having nightmares about working on websites. No. No, not, not. Maybe last week I probably did because I was, I was struggling with something that I totally figured out today. And got it working and it's beautiful and exciting. And it is the fact that now when you submit a story through the Castle of Spirits website, you can upload up to six, I almost said five, but I changed it. You can upload up to six photos and or videos. And there's even a place where you can upload one EVP file, and they automatically go into the story on the website. It's it's so beautiful. I'm so excited. Okay, so people, I'm, I'm just really geeking out hard on this right now. So people can submit their own true ghost stories mm-hmm. and say, "And I took a photograph, and here it is," or yep. "I took an EVP, and here it is," or "I got this video of a ghost, and here it is." Guys, let's see them in this day and age. Every single one of us has. A, a ghost hunting apparatus in our pocket. 
If you're in a haunted place, take a photo. If you see a ghost, get that phone out and record it on video. Get a recording app and record some audio when you're, when you're, you know, there's no excuse. We should be able to flood our website with photos and videos and EVPs today. Do you remember that time when we were in Alcatraz? Mm-hmm. Well, back before they turned it into a tourist destination, we were actually doing time there. No, when we were in Alcatraz in San Francisco, I think it was, what, 2005? It was a long time ago. I don't remember. Yeah. Remember the the picture I snapped? Yeah, it, of the the man with the beard. Do you still have it? Yeah, but I don't know where it is. I submitted it uh, all those years ago to the Coast to Coast AM website. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't submit it to Castle of Spirits, but um, I thought I was going to go big, man. Mm-hmm. They didn't even respond. They didn't respond, and they probably thought that it was just a photograph of another person, another tourist, somebody on the tour with us. It's a they're self self guided tours now. Unlike we don't have Vicky <laughs> giving tours from Rest in Peace, Vicky. What's the movie called? So I Married an Axe Murder. From the movie So I Married an Axe Murder. They all know. So anyway, the the photograph that I took. And it really, what it, I haven't seen it in years. So to my recollection, it was essentially a photograph of, you know, just looking down the cell block Mm -hmm. and there was a guy's face on the bottom left, I think, facing the camera. I doubt I would have taken the picture if I had seen some big guy standing there because I don't like taking pictures of strangers because I think it's weird. Well, there were a lot of people in the photo because it was crowded there. But I don't know. I need to see it again. But he was like looking directly at the camera. I'm going to have to try and find that. Yeah. When we find it, we'll post it on, on social media and all of that. Um, you know what we're going to do? Here's what we're going to do. I don't have this built into the website yet, but I'm going to do it. As soon as we're done recording this episode, and then you guys will know where to look and go find it. I will integrate our Instagram feed into the website so that we can post things like that on Instagram, but they will also be on the website. So you can go to the website and click on it and see it. So anyway, we'll post the image on Instagram and I'll integrate it into the website. And then you guys can go see what you think. Was this guy a ghost or just some rando on a tour that we're plastering on the internet without his permission. Does that sound good? Of course I have to find the photo. Now now the pressure's on. I'm not going to be able to find it, yeah. but we'll we'll see. Anyway, I think what the people are here for is actually ghost stories. So I wonder if we have any ghost stories laying around here that we can read to the people today. Well, shall we head on over to the library where all the ghost Let's stories do it are housed, Mm -hmm. and let's tell some scary stories. Let's do that. All right, here we are in our dusty library, and I have a story that I want to read. Do you have a story that you want to read? Yep, I have one. So why don't you go first? All right, I think I'll do that. Telephone Call by Tracy A. from Colorado, USA. Submitted September of 2000. 
I've always been a believer in spirits, all my life. That's how I was raised by my grandmother. So when anything weird or unexplainable happens, I can credit it to spirits or ghosts or some other higher power. So here goes. I have a goddaughter that is now three and a half years old. Her mother has been my best friend for 11 years. I'll call her Lisa. When I first met her, we were in the eighth grade and her mother was still alive. A month later, I moved about an hour away, only to move back after six weeks. Within that time, her mother was killed in a car accident. I never got to meet her. And of course, Lisa's daughter never got to meet her grandmother. Her daughter's name is Angelica, and she's a very smart little girl. She started talking at a year old, and one of her favorite toys was a play phone. She carried it everywhere with her. When she was about two years old, I looked after her while her mom went to school, and I noticed how she always seemed to be talking to someone on the phone. So I asked her who she was talking to. She replied, My grandma. Now, she doesn't call anyone grandma. Her dad's mother and father she calls Nana and Pampo. Her mother's dad and stepmom she calls Grandpa and Mary. I had never heard her use the word grandma since she started talking. So I said, You mean Nana? She said, no, my grandma, and got up and pointed to a picture of her that Lisa has on the wall. She doesn't know who this is because my friend didn't want to tell her until she was a little older so she could understand. I kind of let it go until her mom came home and I told her what had happened. So she asked her the same thing. Who are you talking to? Don't you mean Nana? Jelly, that's what we call her, said the same thing as before. It was her grandma. What we hadn't noticed was that the cats always came around Jelly when she was talking to grandma. These were Lisa's mom's cats, so they were really old, like 16 and 17 years old, and they didn't like kids, especially Jelly. She loved to bother them all the time. So they mostly stayed in a bedroom, but when she was on the phone, they would run up and purr and rub against Jelly like she was their best friend. The cats were all Lisa really had left of her mom over time, and Jelly kept talking to her grandma on the phone and would tell her mom, Grandma says she loves you. She doesn't talk to her as much now, maybe once a month. I'm sure eventually she will outgrow it, because I believe that children and animals have the best ability to communicate with the other world, because they don't judge others or believe things conditionally. They just know. As a footnote, though, when I was at work writing this... I work in a call center. A call came up with the business name Superstitious Roofing and gave me goosebumps. I think it was Lisa's mom having some fun with her daughter's best friend. Shame on you. Thank you for submitting that story, Tracy, wherever you are. All those years ago, 22 years ago. 22 years ago. Can you believe it? But I digress. As well you should. So I chose that story because... For me, I think that, like, I liked the idea of the the little girl talking to her grandma and everything. Like, I thought that was sweet, and I thought that was great and everything. And I definitely think that children have a connection to, you know, other dimensions or realms or whatever you want, however you want to call that. I think that they do have those connections. But the reason that I chose that story is because phones are creepy. Phones are straight up creepy and not so much anymore. Cell phones aren't really creepy, but 
Vince, do you remember? We used to work in a call center. And do you remember there there was at least one time where late night, it was like one, two o'clock in the morning, I double dared you <laughs> to call your work phone because the building where we worked, it was this huge, it was, it was basically like a, I don't know, a 20,000 square foot studio apartment. It was just like a big open square with, you know, cubicles and everything. And at night they would turn off most of the lights in the building. And the idea of a telephone ringing in the middle of the night in this huge open building was so creepy to me. And I was like, do it, do it, call it. And you were like, whoa, what if somebody answers? <laughs> Even better, I guess. Exactly. Because there's nobody there to answer it. So if somebody answers, you know, bonus, you got to talk to a ghost too. I think one of the reasons I was against doing that was because I was afraid that I might hear myself answering. Oh, that gave me goosebumps. <laughs> and if, if that ever happened, I'd just completely disassociate from reality. Yeah. And I'd probably create a bridge to that reality and I'd be lost somewhere in between. I love it. I love it. The other thing that, um, I guess there's a couple of them. Remember the house that we used to live in when we moved in, there was that phone in the basement. Yeah. And we didn't have, we didn't pay for landline service, but this phone was still just connected to the wall and we just left it there. And every once in a while, you just pick it up and just listen. You could hear like the, the dead air. There was no dial tone or anything. And maybe I'm weird. That to me is creepy. You're not weird because I remember distinctly about. I don't know, a few days maybe after my grandmother died mm -hmm. in 2004, mm -hmm. I picked up the phone and I said, hello. That phone in the basement? Yeah. Mm. It was an experiment. You know, I was alone in the house. Mm -hmm. I probably told you about it. Maybe you forgot. Probably. But it was just something I did. And it was just, I think, I think a lot more people than are, would be willing to admit do things like that. Yeah. Like the time that I was listening to an old Art Bell episode, and they gave the the phone number to call. Mm -hmm. Call Art's time traveler line at this number. Oh, I yeah. Called. This was recent, just like in the last couple months. It was in, in the last year. Yeah. But I thought, man, I have to call. Yeah. And I thought, what would happen if I got through? And he answered the phone. In 1998. Right. <laughs> Nobody answered. Oh, no, but it, the number hadn't been reassigned or anything like that. So it just rang and rang. And my, I, you know, as a matter of fact, I don't even know if it, the number worked anymore, but my experiment did not work. Mm. I didn't get to talk to 1998 or 1999. Oh, but how cool would that have been? But I tried and I thought it was kind of cool that I tried. I'm proud of you for trying. I attempted the time travel, well, at least the, the time travel communication. Yeah. The other, the other thing that went through my mind when I chose that story and I, you're going to have to correct me on this because I'm sure I'm wrong. Uh, I think it was an old Twilight Zone episode yeah. with the, the guy who dies and his widow keeps getting phone calls from him 
because the phone line was down and it got, it was like the wire went underground into his grave. And so he was calling his wife. Yeah, there's that Twilight Zone episode. But the one I was thinking about was the one with the child who had a child's play phone. Mm. The, the child's grandmother dies. Mm. And then he starts communicating with her through the phone. No, I don't remember that one. And there's this whole thing, you know, it's only 22 minutes long, but what was going on, you never, you never hear the grandmother talking. You just hear the boy Mm -hmm. and his parents catch him talking to his grandmother on the phone. Of course they scold him, but it's as the story goes on, it seems that she's trying to, that she misses him and she's trying to get him to die. So she tells him to go play in the swimming pool. Oh, no. As terrifying as that sounds. At the very end, the dad, after they have to take the kid to the hospital for Spoiler whatever. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> if you, anyway, the dad picks up the child's phone and says, Mom, leave him alone. Mm. You know, he he's basically, he's too young and he's got a whole life and you had your life. Leave him alone. Mm-hmm. And apparently that solves the, the, the issue. That's how you do it, huh? You just ask nicely. That's good. It's yes. good to know. Especially if it's something insidious like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that episode. Well, we'll have to watch it. Yeah. However, that episode of The Twilight Zone, when the the older lady's husband dies and he starts calling her, and it's terrifying. It is because horrifying. The voice- and the crackly and the, the – yeah, it's all distorted and his voice coming through. and All he says is – Hello. Yeah. But isn't it that when the when the calls first start, you can't hear him. You just hear like crackle, distortion. And each time she gets a call, it's more, more and more clear. You can hear him. I don't know. We need to watch it again. That episode creeped me out. Yeah. But see, telephones are creepy, creepy, creepy. They really are. Cell phones, not so much. Landline phones. I do miss a good landline phone. Landline phones had the best quality. You know, when you could stay up till 11 or 12 at night talking to your buddy. or Who wants to talk? The, well, back in the old days. Yeah. You know, you've talked to your friend on the phone for like three hours. Yeah. And it was just like hanging out. But these days with cell phones, they they sound terrible. And I don't even want to talk on them. No, I don't want to talk. But it's not because of the quality. I just, no, just text me. Anyway, we don't need to <laughs> go down the uh, the neuroses rabbit hole uh not today not today satan um (laughs) (laughs) so do you have a story that you'd like to recount to our guests i would i would my story is called too close for comfort by anonymous from cowlitz washington usa and it's dated october 1997 Finally, after hours of driving, we'd made it. Indian Beach. It's a quiet beach, no kids playing in the water, not much swimming or playing in the sand. Indian Beach is mostly a hiking beach. My family decided to have a picnic, and so while they were getting the food ready, my aunt and I decided to go on a walk. We headed off to look around. Behind a few bushes, we found a trail that looked pretty easy to hike, so off we went. 
It was about 11 a.m. We walked on the trail, looking at all the bushes and all the flowers. Then we came to a turn, and we could see out over the ocean. It was beautiful. We kept walking, and we came to this narrow part of the path. The path turned around these trees, and then it became unusually covered with these old rotten trees, and it got dark because of the tree cover above. It was like being in a cave of trees. We should have turned around, but we kept going. After we got out of the dark, treed area, we saw the most spectacular sight, the sunset over the ocean. Then, as we turned to keep on walking, about four feet in front of us was a couple walking away, holding hands. I thought to myself, where had they come from? There was only one path. Did they pass us when we weren't looking? We asked them what time it was, and I specifically remember the lady grabbing the man's hand out of his pocket, looking at his watch, and telling us, it's 3.15. I turned to my aunt and said we'd better go. When we started to walk off, I got this weird feeling, the kind of feeling when you just know something is wrong. Where did they go? My aunt said, maybe they kept hiking, and we didn't see them leave. I said, let's make sure. So we walked back up the path to where we saw them, but they were nowhere in sight. Where did they go? Did they pass us and we didn't notice? They couldn't just disappear into thin air. Or could they? We kept walking up the path to see if they'd kept on hiking. We got to this corner, continued to walk around it, and there it was. A straight drop-off, thousands of feet down into the ocean. Thank goodness for my skid-proof Nikes or I would have fallen right off. Did they fall off and we hadn't heard them scream? What had happened to them? Terror ran through my body. What should we do? I peered over the edge, but they weren't there. My aunt and I stared at each other for a second, then turned and stumbled our way to the bottom of the path without looking back. We got to where my parents were having a picnic lunch. They were frantic. They were asking us where had we been. It was 5.30 p.m. I thought to myself, we haven't been gone that long, or have we? We then told them about the couple that had just disappeared. My mother insisted they took another trail, but I explained to her that there was no other trail and nowhere else that they could have gone. She said they can't just disappear. Now pack your stuff. We're leaving. We never did find out who those people were or where they went, but I figured that the only explanation was that they had died and were trying to warn us of that drop-off. And for those of you who want to know, no, I was not on drugs. So, but I have a question, and it could be chalked up to misremembering or, or whatever, but they said that they were watching a sunset and that it was 3.30 when they asked the couple what time it was. And then, of course, you know, when they got back, mom said it was 5.30. They were confused by that. But so what's your take on that? Well, a time slip. That's what I'm thinking. Mm. They At the beginning of the story, it was 11 a.m., when they left, I think it's 11 a.m. Oh, did it say that? I missed that part. Yes. So they were on a trail that took them to an end where there was a thousand foot drop off. So they were pretty high up there. So I would imagine that maybe they'd been hiking all day. It didn't sound that way. In any case, the disparity in time when they asked the couple, what time is it? It's 3.30. But they had just watched the sunset. Right. So it was a case of... 
presumably, the hikers came across the souls of two dead hikers Mm. for whom it was always going to be 3.30 p.m. The saddest part of the story is that they never got to see the sunset, I suppose. (laughs) But we'll never know. Mm. So why did you choose that story? What about that? I just really love cliffs. You just have a thing for cliffs, huh? No, I told that story because it kind of reminded me of an experience that I had once. Ooh, let's I was, hear it. I was not on a trail. I was not a thousand feet up. Remember when we went to have lunch in Salt Lake City? Oh, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. At the brewery? Mm-hmm. It was either Squatters or the Wasatch It might have been Squatters, actually. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It Well, it might matter because... It, I want to hear from other people who may have been in this oh, place okay. because I think this place is haunted. Okay. It, now, there are lots I, of places I want to say haunted. I think it was squatters. All right. We were there sometime in the last 10 years, you and I. It was 2013. And it was 2013. And you remember that. Be- wow. How do you know that it was 2013? Because we went to Salt Lake because we were looking uh, scouting out potential uh, business locations for the art gallery that I was opening that year. That's how I remember it was 2013. Oh, and I remember after this experience, I told you, we need not look in Salt Lake City. We should look closer to home. Yeah. And I now I'm thinking this... This experience probably did it. This experience terrified me mm-hmm. away from Salt Lake City, and it may have been doing it. Okay. Let me tell you the story first. Yeah. Remind Go you ahead. of the story. So we're having lunch, awesome food. We finished our lunch mm-hmm. and I went to the bathroom before we left. The bathroom in this building, I had to walk down a flight of steps, a really long flight of stairs mm-hmm. down into the basement. It was beautiful. It was carpeted. But it was also very, very dark. And there was a when you get down to the bottom of the stairs, there's a long hallway and you have to walk down. And I walk down the hallway, and as I'm approaching where the entrance to the bathrooms are, there were two people making out. Mm-hmm. Two ladies. And I don't want to intrude, but I have to go to the bathroom. So I, you know, I had to pass right by them down this narrow hall. And I, you know, went quietly by. I don't want to bother anybody in their moment of intimacy. <laughs> so I, I went past them and I went to the bathroom. That bathroom was frightening. It was not dirty. It was just very, very empty aside from myself. And it was very loud. It was kind of echoey in there. So you had the loud echoey, biz- echoey deal going on. The entire time that I'm in there, I keep hearing this rattling sound and it's coming from one of the stalls down at the end of the bathroom next to the wall. And I glance down there. The door is half open because there's nobody in there. I'm alone. But I keep hearing this rattling sound and I thought, well, that's some sort of like a big rat or something down there making a strange noise. But didn't you say that it sounded like somebody was like rattling the toilet paper holder like they were like they were trying to get toilet paper and there wasn't any? Yes. Yes. That's exactly what it sounded like. And I finished up and I 
couldn't wash my hands fast enough. I kept looking over my shoulder at that, at that dark end of the bathroom for no, I'm not afraid of being attacked in public, at least not back then. (laughs) I wasn't afraid of being attacked, but I was afraid of something in that bathroom. And it was a sort of fear that was, how would I put it? Maybe instinctual. So I couldn't wash my hands fast enough. I got out of there and I got into the hall and those, those ladies, those girls that were gone. When I saw that they were gone, I hadn't been in there that long. When I saw that they were gone, I thought, were they really here? <laughs> and I seem to remember, I, I tried to remember what they looked like. And it's kind of weird because it's, I'm a, I, sometimes I, I wonder if it's my create, not sometimes I wonder if it's my imagination that's playing tricks on me. When I tried to remember what they looked like, I couldn't. All I could think of was that they were wearing clothing that didn't look contemporary. Hmm. But I just had that impression in my mind, although I couldn't, I wouldn't have been able to tell you what they looked like even then. But devil's advocate, when you saw them and you didn't want to disturb them, you probably weren't like making direct you know, you weren't looking directly at them. You just like scooted by and you know, so I mean you probably wouldn't remember because you didn't look directly at them. But is it possible that they immediately went back upstairs or went into the ladies' bathroom or? That's entirely possible. But what sort of cinched it for me was that as I was walking back down that hallway, I felt like there was something pursuing me. Mm -hmm. I forgot about that part. It wasn't... It wasn't, I I didn't hear anything. I didn't feel anything touching me, but you ever get the sensation, a really chilling sensation that there is something invisible and mute that's staring you right in the back of the head and is screaming for you to get the hell out. Mm -hmm. If you've ever had that experience, and I've I've had that experience twice that, that I can remember, and that was the first time. I remember that you came upstairs and it was... It was a Sunday, I think, and where we were sitting, there were a lot of windows. It was very brightly lit. There were a lot of people around. It was a very bustling, high-energy feeling place, the least creepy place you can think of, you know. Um, You came upstairs, and you came over to the table, and you just, I mean, you know, forgive the the saying, you look like you had just seen a ghost. And you were like, we need to leave now. <laughs> you were all freaked out and we couldn't get out of there fast enough. I had no idea what was going on. You wouldn't tell me until we got out on the sidewalk. Well, as I was going up the stairs, that feeling of being pursued increased. And I actually started running up the stairs. And I'm all huffing and puffing running up those stairs. And there are a lot of steps and they're really short. They're really close together. Mm-hmm. So I'm like running up the stairs and I envision myself, okay, you know, I need to slow down because I'm going to fall down and that would be really bad. (laughs) But um, once I got up to the top and opened the door to that bustling area, that fear just was gone. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I came to you and I said, okay, let's go. I don't, I don't want to be here anymore. Which is another thing that kind of confused me or mystifies me a little bit about it because I've always thought that if I 
discovered a place where I knew there was a ghost where I could say, I'm going to go experience that again, Mm -hmm. that I would do it willingly. You know, I could go into it. I could go into it with the mindset of this thing's not going to hurt me. And I, I want to see proof for myself or, you know, try to some sort of communication. But it, it turns out that you're a big old chicken because it's been almost 10 years and we haven't been back there. You're right. And I, you know, maybe it's time to go back. Maybe. Maybe that, now that we've gotten the keys to the castle. I want to go into that creepy hallway. I want to experience it because I didn't go down there. I don't understand why you didn't immediately say You didn't it. tell me until after we left. I wasn't going to go back into the restaurant. But what's the other story? You said that you have another, ex- that was your first experience feeling like you were being chased. What was the, what was the second one? I'm, I think actually that was the second one because the first one was when we went to that. Oh, to that late night ghost hunt at the old grist mill. Right. And that was, I think around 2010. Yeah. I don't even remember what year that was, but that's probably pretty close. Yeah. Ooh, ghost cat roaming the halls at the castle. No echo, though, interestingly. Yeah. You know, it's a common misconception that all ghosts echo in old castles. Cat ghosts do not. What about actual cats? Like the one we a real cat's, have living with a us? A real cat's echo, a real cat's meow would echo in the vast caverns of the castle's hallways. This cat also rattles chains. Anyway, yeah, so the old grist mill. Right. Wasn't it the Barren Woolen Mills? Oh. Or, is that, or is that something different? Yeah. Yeah, the Barren Woolen Mills. Anyway, tell the people that story. Well, there's there's not a whole lot to tell. We were there for a few hours, mm-hmm. several hours. It was late at night. We, you know. Doing a ghost hunt with, God, what was there, like 25 people there? There's a lot of people if, there. If not more. Yeah. And the whole night, I'm kind of wanting something to happen. I was prepared for it to happen. If something happened right this moment, I'd freak out. I don't want it to happen right now. I want to be ready for it, right? <laughs> so there were there were even times when we were, you know, trying to commune with the spirits that they claimed were there. Mm-hmm. I held out my hand, like, and I said, touch me, mm-hmm. you know, show me that you're here. Felt nothing. But I did feel something later on, and it was when they took us into this area is just a, an old abandoned and half crumbling mm-hmm. mill. I don't know that there was no prompting at all. As far as I remember, I wasn't told the place we're going is, this is a really creepy place. You might feel something, nothing like that. We got into this room and everybody formed a circle or, you know, the guide was telling us, okay, everybody file into the room. It was a small room, too. Right. And before he had the opportunity to start talking, I I said, well, I want to leave. What happened was that... Yeah, and you grabbed me and you're like, out. Yeah, I was suddenly overcome with this mortal imperative to get out of there. And I remember saying, no, no, I no, I can't be in here. And then I turned around and the, the everybody else and, and the host looked at me and said, oh, you know, like, you know, wow, look, he's having an experience. <laughs> and 
and I've never experienced anything like that really bef- before where I'm not, I mean, I'm not psychic, but I just, I knew I had to leave that place. I didn't know why it wasn't like I, I saw something or heard something or felt a presence. I just knew that. Or that the anticipation had been built up by the guide saying, oh, all this spooky stuff and people get freaked out and look how scary it is. And, you know, yeah, it wasn't like that. But my takeaway from it, the thing that was really, it showed me how freaked out you were, was that that room was fairly well lit, but the hallway leading to it, from what I remember, was really dilapidated and it was pitch black. And it was kind of like a long twisting hallway back to the main room of the mill. And you are just not that guy. You would be like, I can't see anything in this hall. So I need a flashlight. And (laughs) that's how you talk when you're you're scared. And you were like, nope, hard pass. We're just going to run headlong (laughs) into this dark hallway, you know, whatever it took to get out of that room. So I know it's easy to listen to a story where it's like, oh, I got creeped out and I left, but it's it's different once it's you and and you're there and it's completely irrational and you That's exactly the word. You do something that you would never do in your normal day-to-day existence to get out of that situation. I think that's that's the difference. The way you were just you grabbed me and, and we just ran through that horrible hall. In, right. I in remember the dark. that I started running ahead of you and you grabbed me and you said, Well, wait a second, you're gonna hurt yourself. You can't see anything. So you turned on you know, you had we both I had, had a little yeah, we had those little flashlights. We both had flashlights, but you basically took the lead because you could tell that I wasn't looking where I was going. <laughs> yeah, you I were was in a just, blind panic. I was just going toward wherever I thought the exit was. And I probably would have impaled myself if it hadn't been for you, but you got in front and I was in, I was standing, I was walking behind you, shuffling behind you as you're, you're saying, okay, let me just, we're going, we're going, we're leaving, we're leaving. Yeah. And I'm behind you, like grabbing onto your, you... to your hand. And I was like pushing you and like looking over my shoulder yeah. and saying, please, please let's go. Let, yeah. we, it's that feeling, you, you know, you're leaving but you're thinking, go, Mu- it must can't go fa- fast enough, must go faster. Yeah. And the the instant we got outside, it was gone. Mm-hmm. And I felt completely comfortable. We didn't go back inside that, that area, but we did hang out for the rest of the tour and everything was just completely uneventful. And it was just that one weird incident. Now, later on, I believe the host one of the guides told us that that was apparently where somebody had either been murdered or, mm-hmm. or you know, assaulted in some terrible yeah. way. Yeah, there was a murder in that room. And, you know, I don't know if I believe that. I don't know. I, I mean, I have no proof that there was or wasn't. But. but that was not told to me before. And if it had been told to me before, I don't think it would have primed me for such a reaction. Yeah. No, it I was just a completely, so. like you said, an irrational reaction it wasn't actually it wasn't even a reaction it was an it was just a state of awareness that suddenly came over me and you know fortunately i don't have the, those kinds of experiences regularly because it was uh, it was too much of a trip for me so that's our stories and your stories for the day i guess for this episode 
please continue to send in your stories on the website. It's, uh, I don't know what the URL is as of this moment, because as of this very second that I'm saying this, the website is still being built. Uh, Castleofspirits.com. But yeah, go to castleofspirits.com, click submit your story in the menu at the top, and tell us your scary stories. Specifically, I think I'd kind of like to do little calls for, you know, in each episode. Tell us stories, your stories about creepy phone happenings. That's Mm. really going to creep me out. I want to know what are some creepy phone experiences that you've had. And you could even tell us creepy stories about uh, feeling like you're being chased. Like, when did you know that something was coming after you? Uh, Anything like that. Send us those stories as well as, you know, anything. You don't have to just send us those stories. Tell us what we want to know what you got. There's room in the library for everyone. We want to hear your ghost stories. Mm Mm-hmm. We want to hear your paranormal stories. Paranormal of all kinds. And not only might they wind up in the library, on the website, but we may also read them on on this podcast. We might, yes. I'd like to do that. I'd like to, as we're reading old stories, I mm-hmm. want to read new stories too. Yeah, and absolutely. If, if, you know, it, I think we should leave the door open to having, to potentially calling people, having people call us. Yeah. Uh, talking about these experiences so get in touch and submit your stories. We want to hear them. Yes, we definitely want to hear them. Uh, do you have anything else that you'd like to share with our visitors before we wrap this one up? Only that throughout the course of this recording, I have been sitting right next to a heavily breathing 11-year-old boxer dog. <laughs> so this is not a haunted episode. If you happen to hear breathing in the background, it's not me. It's the beast. But the ghost cat does exist. Yes, the ghost cat definitely does exist. Mm -hmm. That's creepy. We can't say that. Why? (laughs) (laughs) All right. He's not really a ghost, but he's, he's just the castle resident cat. And his meow echoes just like all other cats. But he is black cat. And his name is Mr. Moon. Our other cat you'll never meet because he hides and he's silent. But we do call him Ghost because you'll turn around and look and he won't be there. And you'll turn your head for a second and turn back around and there he is sitting right in front of you looking at you like, where's my food? I know. He's very creepy. Completely silent. (laughs) (laughs) One minute he's not, the next minute he is. Yeah, the, the silent the silent stares and and uh, yeah, it's he's a, he's a terrifying cat. We should have called him Ghost. Yeah, but he's orange. You can't name an orange cat Ghost. Why not? Because ghosts aren't orange. There are ginger ghosts. <laughs> Do you think everything in the afterlife is black and white? I don't think so. All right, it's gray. You know, no. Well, send us your stories if you've ever seen a ginger ghost. We want to know, or and full- if you have a photo of one. Even better. Or a full-color apparition. A that full I co- want to know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But don't make it up. We w- we only want to know if it's real. True stories. True stories. 100% true. Anyway, before we ramble on. Before we run out of tape. <laughs> let's lead our guests to the front door of the castle and bid them adieu. I don't know. We don't need to say Ma- that. That's say, stupid. Um, 
So please tune back in again. (laughs) (laughs) So we will be back very soon with another episode, and hopefully you will be featured on it. And the last thing that that you said last time was stay scared, my friends, or something like that. So that's your sign-off. Oh, okay. Stay scared, my friends. Mm -hmm.